All right. Welcome to Home's Room and a bonus episode. I guess we're, you know, staying a little late after class. Uh, I just recently did an interview with uh, Caitlin. We uh, we felt that this episode needed to be recorded and we're going to pop on here for just a, a quick second to discuss this. But um, it was such a good interview and Phoenix had some stuff that she you know, felt compelled to say, and it was going to be more than just an open or a close for that. So we're going to do a bonus episode. So um, Phoenix, tell us a little bit about, you know, how impactful that episode was for you. Well, I was able to relate a lot to it. Um, You know, Caitlin's mom, she died when Caitlin was 14. Um, My mom died when I was 15. So I, I, the differences, and I looked at that, I'm like, the differences being, um, my my mom was sick with epilepsy for about six years. Um, and so it was something that she continuously just got worse and worse. And um, with, with Caitlin's, it was very much just this um, catastrophic, uh, just, you know, traumatic. I mean, both experienced traumas, but it was it was very much just the way she lost her mom and the way she talked about that um, just it was just such a sudden, sudden death for her. And with mine, um, it was always that part that I was just very hopeful and I was always hoping for a miracle. And I prayed every night that, you know, she was going to get better. And, and as time got gone on and on and on, she never did. And with all of that, um, you know, uh, I can remember to this day, and I, I just want listeners to really know about that is what I experienced. I was, you know, being 15, and I very much um, now as an adult realize that how much of a caregiver I was, even just my mom, I even going to school and having her in my mind and my sick, my daughter, my daughter, my, my sister was six years old at the time when my mom died. And I, you know, very much looked after my sister, too. Um, with, but with my mom, um, the early morning, uh, kind of like my dad leaned on me a lot too. So he, I remember I fell asleep. We had like a church youth group that we ended up going to Texas and I was laying on the, the couch uh, and I was really tired from that trip. And I remember talking to my mom after the trip and everything, and I fell asleep on the couch. She didn't wake me up or anything. Um, and then, uh, you know, my dad comes and wakes me up on the couch. You know, my mom's having a seizure. She's having a grand mal seizure. She must have had the seizure when she was sleeping. And, you know, he's wanting me to come in and help. And so, you know, I just take action. I go in there and, um, you know, I can tell like she's having a full grand mal seizure and she's had, had those grand mal seizures many a times before. And, you know, she's having, um, you know, spitting blood out of her mouth. Cause a lot of times when you have a seizure, you bite your tongue and she's not coming to, she's, you know, usually she would get out of those grand mal seizures or she'd come to and, and all, and this time she didn't. And uh, my dad had me call 911 and actually from a rural community, it's not 911, but just calling and them describing, you know, I just had to describe that situation and tell them our address and, 
And even looking back, I'm an adult, like, damn, what I did at 15, like, I don't even think some adults have experienced to this day of, you know, uh, her going into the ambulance and being so worried about her. And, you know, there was times like, you know, she didn't, she was on a ventilator um, at the hospital. She didn't, you know, it was at some point they said, you know, she's brain dead. Uh, but, and, uh, I'm, I mean, that's kind of like when that hope goes out the door, um, because there is that you think like, oh, there's going to be some miracle, you know, like you can't picture your mom, like she's going to die at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, like this strong woman, you're, you're not going to think she's, you don't think she's going to die. Like that's not going to happen as a kid. You're like. Like you've never had that significant, or I hadn't yet had that significant loss in my life yet. And it, uh, so there was that, all that hope. And, uh, so with all of that family, eventually I was very much in the hospital, like meaning I was visiting quite a bit and, uh, being there with her, I'd wash her hands off. I mean, she was, you know, definitely in that comatose stage, ventilator, not able to, I mean, she, like I said, brain dead, eventually what the doctors told us. And it's, you know, the family making decision on that, but I'm very much that 15 year old. And I was not in, you know, included in that, uh, conversation or to make those decisions about my mom. But at that point, everything that I had gone through up to that point, I was very much adult and nobody would have questioned how I was or like even taking care of my sister. Like they didn't, they was very much like if I told them this is what we were going to do or something, this is what we're going to do. And they were behind that. They didn't question me, even though I was only 15. Uh, so with all of that, then even after they took her off the ventilator, you know, they prepared the family. They say like, you know, she's going to die right after she's not going to be alive very long, you know, but she lived after that, like meaning like she was breathing on her own. It took a long while, um, for her to, and I can't remember all of like how many weeks after, if it was a week, um, I can't remember right off the top of my head right now, but I know I had to go back to school. So it must've been about a week. She lived, um, after the ventilator was removed and, it made it where my dad had us go to school and trying to focus on that kids asking questions and like how your mom's doing. And my words, I still remember this day to one of the kids in my, in my class, you know, he said, well, how's your mom doing? And I said, we're just waiting for her to die. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and that, you know, those are those moments that you're just like, Hey, I, I've come to terms now. There's not any miracles that are going to happen and she is, she is dying. And, um, you know, and, and now that first, you know, for the listeners that don't know, I work at, as a social worker, um, in, in hospice. And that's kind of led me to, um, what I do. <laughs> My mother's death definitely impacted me as a kid and, and very much as an adult and, uh, just being able to help other people and to cope with all of their losses, their things that there's the, their grief 
And so I think that's something that very much with, with Caitlin, um, interview and listening to it and all. And I did order the book and it's supposed to be here soon. And I'm so, I'm looking forward to being able to read her book. And I think just her being able to really write her story and then it to be able to help other people. Um, I, uh, very much just, you know, that's, that's kind of that, what I look at it is like too, and for her to have the the courage to do that, uh, just to be able to think of other people and kind of just come to that realization that, Hey, I have the significant, significant, like she's lost both parents. Um, and having these significant losses in your life and how it impacts you and then what you do after that. Uh, and mine was very much just, um, you know, my mom was on my mind so much, um, after she died and I did take care of my little sister a lot, um, anywhere from getting her, you know, in the bath and helping her with all, all the things from schoolwork to, you know, if there was anything that the nurse was calling at the school about, it was usually my sister saying, well, my sister does this for me or, you know, and I had, I also have two brothers and my dad, um, my, I was, so my mom was mainly the one that took care of us. Uh, you know, always, always had a two parent household. Uh, but my dad was, uh, very much, you know, worked and, you know, uh, so he was, he was definitely more working versus, Hey, I'm, I'm the one that is really the, the sole parent or the really, um, the upbringing, if you want to say. So that was something that kind of hit too was, that after that, all those things that, you know, possibly I could have learned from my mom or things that I could have talked to her about, you know, there's that part of it. You're just like, well, I still can talk to her, you know, and to this yeah. day, to this day, I still, uh, sometimes before I go to bed, uh, you know, I, I, you know, she comes to my mind and I say, I love you, mom. And I blow her a kiss <laughs> thinking like, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that's something that I'm just like, you know, I still remember you. And even after all this time, because she died in uh, 2001. So that's something else that I know in the, the interview talked about, like um, 9-11 and, and, and all. And so actually, my mom ended up dying a couple weeks before 9-11. And so when everybody else was kind of in that shock factor about 9-11 and everything that's going on and the devastation to America, I was so focused on my grief with my mom that really I was so either numb or angry or upset crying or whatever it may be that I was going through with that grief that that didn't even phase me really. It was more of that, yes, this is horrible situation. I could, I could think of that. I was a sophomore in, in high school. Uh, but my mom's grief outweighed it. Like I could not, like, it was so consuming me, uh, that, you know, I wrote about her, I journaled, I, if I had to do a presentation or a, some type of report, I did a, I even remember my senior year, I did a research paper. You had to pick a topic and it was like 50% of your grade. <laughs> uh, I did over epilepsy to know more about epilepsy to pretty much get the word out about it. 
because I even, I, it's like that unknown disorder. I mean, anything when it comes to the brain, there's just still, you can do all these surgeries or things, but there's still so much we don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that's something that it just, she was so much on my mind all the time that that was a way of, of me getting it out. And that was something even Caitlin talked about in the interview about like, you know, writing a book was like one of the best therapies she could have done for herself. And, um, and I felt that it was very much relatable of like how I would write out everything I was feeling, or it was almost like I'm writing the story to my mom. Um, I'm writing to her when I'm journaling everything that I needed to get out or say that I was very much, it was towards her and, um, just being so angry and, you know, um, my faith, like in God and all that changed after she died. Um, very much so. So, uh, I look at things a lot differently. I look at death differently. Um, I definitely look at it as, um, part of your life and living your best quality life and doing all the things and, um, enjoying it. And however long you have, whatever age you are going to be, whenever you do die, like living it up, doing all the things. I mean, um, and, and I think that's, what's amazing is that, is people being able to share their stories and, and then like, and I that's say, what we're giving space yes, to Yes. And, um, like, like I say, just, um, Caitlin sharing her story and it being impactful to me because a lot of the things she talked about was very much in, impactful. And so I appreciate it, Caitlin, that you are, <laughs> that you, that you wrote this book. And, um, I think it's just amazing that you did this. Yeah. The, um, the book is lessons I learned from two dead parents and I have started it. I'm about just two thirds of the way through. And I can tell you from just my experience it instantly, I think I was maybe two chapters in and it made me text my mom and tell her I love her because of how impactful it is. So I can't stress enough, you know, Phoenix is sharing her story about, you know, being in that situation and having those feelings and how much it impacted her. I can't stress enough that it is, you know, a hard topic, but it does affect more people than, you know, and her work and her writing is reaching people. Her words reached people. And I'm happy that you were you know, able to share a little bit about, you know, the situation that you went through and more so that a story that we shared here that we gave space to here in home's room, some silly podcast was able to, you know, impact you and, you know, give you good feeling and, you know, able to share a story about your mom and, you know, what I learned from talking to Caitlin and what I want to ask you is, you know, what was your favorite thing about your mom? Oh, God. There's so much. I'm going to get weepy again. I know. So I'm leaning into it. Uh, gosh, there's, there's so much, right? Um, she had this beautiful singing voice, a calm, calm voice. Uh, just that, that happy smile that, you know, like just completely like you just know that like she could just light up a room. Uh, she always smelled like, um, 
or maybe not always, but her favorite scent was vanilla. And so she smelled like vanilla musk and uh, <laughs> was big into Avon. So I always looked at her just very much as that beautiful, kind, um, accepting person, like just that all I could have ever asked for in a mom. Good. Um, and you know, that the question that Caitlin said to ask, you know, and if you're okay with it, yeah. Can you tell us her name? Mary. Well, we are all thinking of you, Mary. And, you know, we'll close out this the same way that we close out all of the other ones. I love you, Phoenix. Love you, Holmes. (laughs) 